Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. All right, here we go. Roger Wallace, color analyst, UT football. Been with us many times. Appreciate his time. Busy week. A lot of news today, Roger. Official with Quinn Ewers among the defensive back, Catalan and, and Crawford, the offensive line, who had guys who had missed a little bit last week against Kansas State. They're healthy enough to play. Uh, maybe one of the more positives as far as updates that they've had in quite some time. Yeah, kind of feast or famine. Uh, David, all back and apparently uh, ready to go. You know, Sark didn't even get asked that today at his uh, uh, availability. He offered up the Quinn Ewers news uh, right away, which is uh, interesting. So, uh, yeah, we'll see uh, We'll see what they can do with a, a, a full roster and uh, everybody healthy uh, as they head up to Fort Worth. Roger, do you think that um, part of this with – uh, with Quinn coming back, even though they might necessarily need him to win games, and they, um, and they, uh, you know, they won without him, but is about maybe not putting Malik Murphy in a position where um, he has to be the difference in a game. Well, it, the timing works out pretty well because you know Murphy got the two two home games. I also think I don't think they want it to be a uh, savior situation with Quinn Ewers where. Let's go with Malik, and if we need Quinn Ewers, we'll bring him in. I, I think that I don't know if that sends a great message uh, for a number of reasons. So I think it's strictly uh, that he's ready to go and kind of nothing more, nothing less. Now, to your point, if Murphy didn't have some of the struggles he had uh, in the two games, then maybe, maybe they give Ewers another week before they go up to Ames. Uh, but, I mean, he's had some turnover issues. And it is on the road, and we know what's at stake. So I think all those things considered, um, you know, that's the decision. But I don't think they would put Ewers out there if he didn't think he was ready to go because, I mean, he's going to have to absorb some hits. I don't think it's uh, it's unrealistic to think he's going to go hit free. Although, you know, guys, I've been thinking, I don't think Malik Murphy's been hit in his two games. It's pretty pretty remarkable that, uh, you know, how clean of the pocket uh, or how quickly he got the ball. He never took a hit. 
I know UT fans will all like scream the answer immediately, but let's say there was a game or two, or let's say there were four games left. Ewers couldn't come back. Malik Murphy was who he was. Was there any chance whatsoever they ever would have turned to Arch Manning? I, I don't think so because of, of the things that they saw that, that Malik Murphy can do uh, on the positive side. And while he did throw the pick, some of the other issues that got that game flipped were not uh, on him. Uh, they fail in a red zone fourth down situation. He's not uh, part of the play. The block punt leads to the quick uh, touchdown uh, and, and gets K-State back in it. Uh, yeah, he's had a couple turnovers, but Quinn Ewers has had some, some turnovers this year too. So he made enough plays, I think, to give them confidence that he can do it. Sure, the concern is, uh, you know, knowing when to throw the ball in the second row rather than try to make a play. But I think he's done enough positive that they would stick with a guy that's played two games and a quarter in the Big 12. He was put in a tough situation. A team ranked high, a team that's wanting to win a Big 12 title to play for one, maybe a college football playoff. I thought being as raw, young, raw as he was, he handled it pretty well despite the picks. Yeah, and I think that's, that's right, David. I think that's good because the picks were so glaring, especially the one on the screen. That's what you kind of remember. But let's remember the way he started those two games. Uh, he was really good, and he was doing something that they didn't do other than the Alabama game. They haven't done much, and that's get over the top, get the deep ball, get those quick scores with uh, A.D. Mitchell uh, in the last two games. So uh, I think a lot of his good has been clouded a little bit by some glaring mistakes. Roger, last week was they got a scare. They've had a couple of different scares. Houston was a scare. How do you feel like they've navigated that, and does it scare you that they get scares, or is that just part of it with this team? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it scares. I think it scares a lot of people because uh, there were games that they were in control. When you think about uh, the itch, issue at Houston, I mean, they look like they were going to run away and hide and, mm -hmm. and just suck the life out of Houston. And then you know, all of a sudden, it's tied. Your quarterback's out, uh, and then you look at uh, at K State, and, and again, uh, kind of the same situation. You're up seventeen nothing. You're trying to go in and add to that again. Uh, and so I think that's the scary part uh, for Texas is the fact that they've let leads slip away. But, I mean, they love the way they, they handled Alabama when they had the lead, lost the lead uh, late in the third, and then came back and won it. And obviously OU was the other situation where they were behind, uh, had to fight back, and then, of course, OU had that drive. So, But, yeah, I, I don't think they want uh, – it feels a little bit like, okay, we've, we've seen a pattern here that uh, – does make you uncomfortable if you're a, a Texas fan or a Texas uh, someone on the pro in the program. So, Rod, you're doing the game. Uh, it's in overtime. Texas settles for the field goal. 19-yard pass on the opening play of the overtime with what Howard to uh, uh, the tight end Senate. Do you feel like there's no doubt they're going to score like on the next play or two with some sort of a quarterback draw or whatever? Yeah, uh, I, I said it, David. I said they're going to run Howard and sure enough, uh, first play they do, uh, doesn't get anything. And then, uh, you know, the two passes, one gets deflected, one, uh, you know, was just off the mark and into coverage. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, how, how could you not the mm -hmm. way they were moving the ball and, you know, six yards? Uh, and I thought three plays to get six yards. I never dreamt that uh, the way Texas uh, was a little wobbly on offense that uh, Chris Kleiman 
wouldn't try to just take it to a second overtime. I know he said afterwards he, he wouldn't hesitate doing it again. But, uh, again, yeah, I, I thought, boy, that first hit down to the six, they've got so many different options on offense. I figured, yeah, that it, it's pretty realistic to think they were going to punch it in. Roger, uh, what scares you the most about TCU? Uh, Texas mistakes. I think they've, they've proven that they're, they're good enough when they're clean that they can win these games and, and, you know, do it in a not comfortable fashion, but a solid fashion. But when things start uh, going sideways, it's usually uh, them giving the ball up. Uh, penalties have been an issue uh, in ball games. But I think uh, if they line up and they have no turnovers and the penalties are at a minimum, uh, unless, unless TCU – uh, just goes crazy on offense. I, I think the turnovers and the and the penalties is what would scare me uh, for Texas going up there and getting beat. Yeah, and, and I, we've said this, that the Houston game, and again, the different people the last five, eight, nine, ten years, but that, that's a game, or last week is a game they lose in the last eight to ten years, right? That's the one that they would, like, burp, and then you're like, what the hell happened, and maybe lose both of them. That's kind of who they'd been says a lot about maybe that grit that they have this year. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because I've been here long enough to, to go through that stretch with Mac where this is how they won so many of those games. They figured it out. Um, I, I know I bring up some, some nightmares with you, David, but against Nebraska. Yep. I mean, they just found ways to beat them, and they shouldn't have, and a fumble in the snow and, and a, you know, a walk-on kicker and things like that. And then all of a sudden it went sideways the other way where it just seemed like they found ways to lose, and now you're starting to see a little bit of a shift back to in these close games, they seem to be able to make one or two or three more plays uh, to get on the right side of it. So it is kind of an interesting uh, momentum shift uh, with what they're doing this season, and we saw glimpses of it last year, and we certainly saw glimpses of it. Of Let's not forget, Tom Hearn won 10 games in 2018 and beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, so We've seen glimpses, but we haven't seen the consistency, which is why they've played for one Big 12 championship since 2009. In your gut, is Quinn Ewers back at Texas next year? No. Hmm. The only reason I say that is because I think that then the plan gets uh, turned a little bit upside down. And I know we've talked a lot about, okay, what if he's not, what if he's gone, then who's the guy? And I can't answer that. I don't know. I'm sure. Uh, when the season started, they had an idea of the plan, uh, but they also didn't know that Malik Murphy would play and win two games. Let's not forget he won those. Uh, he was the winning quarterback in those mm-hmm. two games, uh, and so he's got experience. But if he's if, if Quinn's back, then anything's on the table, as you guys certainly know uh, in this day and age of college football. Roger, thanks for giving us time, young man. As always, appreciate you. Love what you do. Uh, Have fun in Fort Worth at Eamon Carter, and we'll talk again soon. Have a great weekend. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.